It's Monday the 7th of March 2022. My name's Alex Elliott and you're listening to The Week in Iceland, the programme that asks what's been happening in Iceland this past week, why it happened and why we should care. My guest this week is the Ruv broadcast journalist Thorknir Einar Albertsson. Welcome to you. Thank you. Uh, the top story in Iceland, and indeed the world, again this week, is of course the war in Ukraine. Uh, there have been more protests and fundraising, politicians heading for NATO and EU talks in Brussels, pleas not to bully or disrespect Russians living in Iceland, the large majority of whom do not support the war, as well as increased preparations to receive potentially thousands of refugees. In other related news, Ukraine's Go A will not now perform at this Saturday's Sönkvaketnin Grand Final, Ruf has confirmed, without explaining further than, that, than to say that it is due to the war. There is speculation that some of the band members might be stuck in the country, not allowed to leave, along with all other men aged 18 to 60. Sweden's Tusse will instead perform Voices, and the five finalists have all been confirmed. The cost of fixing teeth has been in the news, with all Samfilkinkin MPs joining hands in a proposal that could force the health minister to introduce a bill to make orthodontics free for children in Iceland. Iceland? That's the right word. Uh, a fire in Kopvogur shone the spotlight yet again back on the problem of unregistered housing, as 14 people were living inside the apartment block that was still registered as office space. Nobody was hurt, luckily. This winter has been among the worst in 20 years, certainly this January and February have, um, and this has brought a variety of consequences, not least all of the mangled bits of people's cars that are littering the side streets and car parks of the capital region these days. And finally, 50 million kronot has been put aside in the hopes of a final, lasting solution to the El Grillo problem, an oil leak in Sedesfjordet that has threatened the environment for over seven decades. So, where would you like to begin? I think it would be uh, proper to begin with uh, the war in Ukraine and the the immense effect it's been having both here and all over the world. Uh, there was a Russian woman in, in Silverith um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. She spoke about how Russia and Russians are effectively being uh, cancelled because of the invasion, which of course... Is, is unfair because a large majority of Russians, at least here in Iceland, are against the invasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, uh, there are also news from all over the world, companies stopping business in Russia, the fashion giant Sara this week, uh, as well as all of the credit card providers, major credit card providers in the world, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, uh, as well as in entertainment and sport. Mm-hmm. Formula One driver Nikita Mazepin has been removed from his Haas team. Because of his father's money yeah. as well. They were the main sponsors of that yeah. team. Yeah, it's um, it's fascinating. And there, there are no winners from war, um, especially when it comes to economics. Obviously, the Ukrainian people are bearing the brunt of it, but yeah. Russian people are getting poorer and, and life is harder for them as well. But... In terms of the Western response to it, how? what else can you do? You need to yes. hurt Russia in order to hurt Putin. Of um, course. But uh, then when it comes to Russians living in Iceland, that's completely different again because, you know, the, the very last thing we should be doing is, is bullying them because this is hard enough and sad enough for them as it is. Yeah, exactly. People need to be conscious of the fact that... Uh, Vladimir Putin does not represent 
every single Russian in the world. And even though there are definitely many, many Russians that support him and support this war, uh, the vast majority here in Iceland, as far as I know, do not. Mm. And those people have been protesting the invasion here. So uh, people need to be mindful of the fact that just because someone is from Russia doesn't mean that they are in favor of the invasion or that they're a bad person. That's that's absurd. Absolutely. Um, the Russian state media are portraying, obviously, a very different story to the Western media. Yeah. And maybe that explains why the support for the war is higher in Russia than it is among Russian people living in Western Europe. This raises questions of <laughs> truth. I mean, we, we both work in the media, you and I. Yeah. Uh, we believe that we report the truth. We believe that we're not lying. And we say that with confidence. Um, but leaders in other countries will just say, no, that's not true. You're lying. How, where do we draw this line? How do we... I mean, it's a really difficult question. How can you prove that you're telling the truth? Yeah, it's it's immensely difficult because, you know, the information we're getting from Ukraine, from what's happening there is is uh, often or, or always incomplete because it's difficult to get uh, verified, verifiable information from a war zone. And especially since uh, the Russian government has now banned what they call fake news of Russian military operations, mm. which uh, maybe not the same news that you and I would call fake. They are banning, they seem to be banning all all coverage that they don't like of the Russian military. Uh, and they would respond that we've done the same by banning RT. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is it, yeah. I mean, I'm not standing up for Putin in any way on that point, but information is a tool. Yeah. And we don't, perhaps what's left out is as important as what is included sometimes as well. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, there was a very, very good uh, story in the New York Times this weekend uh, where uh, people in Ukraine were were commenting on that their relatives in Russia do not believe that there is an invasion going on. I mean, uh, the Russian government has, has always called this a, a special military operation. They don't use the word invasion. They don't call it a war. Mm. Uh, and they have banned media outlets from saying otherwise. So it's maybe not not very strange that people don't believe that there's even a war going on. And this is some sort of uh, post-truth environment that Putin has created, it seems. Yeah. It has been a development that's been going on for years yeah. uh, and, and something that perhaps he feels that he's closer to perfecting now. Um, bringing it back to Iceland, though, um, we've got latest figures indicate it may be a couple of thousand uh, Ukrainian refugees that may come to Iceland. Obviously, one and a half million people have left the country so far. Um, what's being done to prepare? What can be done to prepare? 
That's a really, really good question. Um, Iceland, of course, has had... Uh, Icelandic society has had a mixed reception to how the government has handled uh, refugees from other countries. Uh, very mixed reception, mm. <laughs> I guess. Um, but uh, right now, they, they, they say that up to 2,000... Ukrainian refugees could come here over a long time. Um, and they are, they say that the government is preparing housing and trying to prepare to, uh, trying to prepare to uh, host these refugees here. And uh, I don't think it's been very clear how it's going to be achieved to, to help people when they get here and and maybe how to help people to get here i think we're lacking a bit of information on that yeah i agree um and and then obviously what they will do when they get here yeah um, but safety security there's the only thing that's only things that matter and as well as that this sort of unity across all of europe that seems to be kicking in like never before yeah is really important as well so i think that the Icelandic government is so firmly in line with that is... Yeah, definitely. they have. It's been... not always a given, is it, that they would do that? And... No, it, it. I mean, like we see now in... in regarding this European unity, we see now in Poland, they have... They're now hosting something like a million Ukrainian refugees. Uh, where in Poland, we have a government that, that ran in the last elections on a very firm anti-immigration, anti-refugee stance. And now suddenly they are hosting a million Ukrainians. Yeah. and uh, Similar story in Hungary. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And this, this is a good example of how there seems to be really strong European unity mm -hmm. in the response to this invasion. Yep, indeed. Um Anything else? Well, are we missing any major points on that topic? Obviously, um, the Prime Minister and the um, uh, Foreign Minister were in Brussels last week. Yeah. Talking about topics that we probably can guess, solidarity and what yeah. to do. Um, no major news came out of that, really. It was kind of what you'd expect. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest points were just ongoing co cooperation and, and um, unity against this invasion. Yeah. Okay, um, should we move on to a different topic then? Yeah, I mean, a related topic, of course, is the uh, the uh, Ukrainian band Goe and the, yeah. the Shunko Captain final, which which um, they will not be performing at. On the face of it, that seems like a very minor, very small, very, what's the word, trivial uh, item. Yeah. But really, it's not. If If these people, you know, these people made huge waves around the world, their song is famous, their faces are famous, and perhaps exactly. they are stuck there literally fighting yeah right now and that really sort of i mean that's not trivial at all that's quite scary oh, definitely yeah uh i i scrolled over their um the band's twitter page before before we started the recording and and they have been there have been like the last two weeks they have tweeted three times i think all about the um invasion and there's not, they haven't been communicating a lot on social media. So it's very difficult to know what's going on. Uh, 
Mm. Of course, uh, Ruf said it's because of the invasion. And uh, as you said earlier, uh, the speculation that they aren't allowed to leave. I, I mean, if they were in the country when when that uh, order came from the government, that men aged 18 to 60 could not leave, then... Then, yeah, it kind of stands to reason. Yeah. On the, the wider Eurovision field, while we're on this topic, um, Russia was banned from taking part this year. Uh, Ukraine not. They have submitted an entry. Mm-hmm. Do we think they'll make it? I, I mean, mean the, I hope the, so. The main television tower in Kiev was, was hit by a missile. Yeah. <laughs> it's very surreal. It really is. It's, yeah, exactly. I, I, it's, it's, it's difficult to say if they, they'll make it. Of course, I hope they will. And I think given uh, how, how, how much unity there is around standing with Ukraine, they would probably do very well in Eurovision. Possibly win. And then what happens yeah. for next year's competition? Exactly. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's not perhaps dwell on Eurovision too long, but we do have the grand final coming up this Saturday. Five acts, two from this past Saturday, mm-hmm. two from the semi-final before that. Uh, it's. I think it's the biggest show that Iceland's put on for the, for the selection process. Yeah, I, it looks it looks big, massive. Yeah, Guvernis uh, Film Studios, it's and a lot of good songs. And I am, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Eurovision guy, but uh, I, I'm getting pretty excited for Saturday. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's the right word. It will be fun, and and perhaps much needed fun as well. Yeah, because there is only one other story going on right now. <laughs> exactly. Um, Someone remarked that, yeah, the, the, the pandemic's given way to war immediately with no gap yeah. in between. It's a little bit depressing. Getting tired of these uh, these uh, unprecedented times we're living in. Yeah. I, I would like some precedented times. Yes, indeed. Two red weather warnings we've had recently. That's unprecedented. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been It's been lovely, the weather here in the capital area. I'm sure it's fine today. <laughs> yeah, it's fine today, but uh, even 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 now, it's been a while since we had major snow, and still, every car parking area is is difficult to get around, and there is uh, ice and and snow all over, and it's it's. Um, I would like for it to be gone. <laughs> These sort of mobility difficulties, if we can call it that, it's been over three weeks now, yeah. continuously, and and getting slightly better and slightly worse, and then slightly better again. Yeah. Um, and you know, we woke up this morning. There's more snow. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's 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 a challenging time, especially for people that clear the roads. Um, you've got to feel for them, but yeah. at the same time, so many people's cars are getting damaged, and so many people are falling over and hurting themselves. That you could argue that they maybe should be doing more, even. Yeah, that that seems to be uh, a very very common um, emotion that that people in in Reykjavik and in the capital area would like the municipal government to do more mm. uh, to clear, especially especially residential streets. 
more regularly because I mean I, just a couple of weeks ago I I didn't even move my car for something like 10 or 11 days because <laughs> it was snowed in I couldn't I, it 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 finally took me something like an hour to dig it out with a shovel. Yeah, and today still there's these sort of huge banks of yeah solid ice basically on the edge of both most streets. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most read article on Ruv English last week was about this topic, and it included some interesting facts that um, last year, Landspitali treated 500 people for ice and snow related accidents. And they've treated more than 400 so far this year already. <laughs> yeah. um, what else was it? There was as many weather warnings in January and February as there were all of last year. And what else was it? Yeah, we need to go back in time 20 years to find a February that was colder than this one. So, yeah. It's, oh, and one other thing. Um, City of Reykjavik has spent almost 350 million kronos on clearing the roads and paths while that same figure was only 150 million all of last winter. Yeah. So, I mean, these are interesting interesting numbers that say a story. Um, yeah, this winter has been much colder and there's been a lot more snow than the last couple of years. Mm. Uh, North Iceland, because they had a big dump of snow this time last year. Yeah. Huge amounts of snow. Yeah. Um, have they been having an easier time of it this year? Um. Not that much easier, I don't no, think. No, not that much easier, no. no. It's been... There have been weather warnings somewhere in Iceland almost every day now for <laughs> for the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I think uh, I think people are getting pretty excited for, for the spring and the summer. Well, this is the first edition of the Week in Iceland in the month of March. Yes. So... Um, Fingers crossed we are over the worst of it now. Yeah. Okay, next topic. Uh, there was the the fire in the unregistered house. There's the orthodontics for children. Yeah. Um, El Grillo. What the, do you think? The, the orthodontics, um, the orthodontics proposal from Samfilkinkin is, is an interesting topic because there seems to be... pretty decent agreement in society that children should get free dental care and this this topic has been raised a number of times just in the last couple of years mm -hmm. and it never goes anywhere I mean I believe basic dental work is free for children yes. already yes and this is things like braces and whatever else orthodontics is mostly braces yeah. right fixing teeth um, making their dental health going forward into adulthood mm -hmm. good yeah so that they don't have problems later on yeah. basically um and like you say it's a bit of a no-brainer really yeah. it, it it kind of is and it still hasn't been done and i don't know if it will be now maybe maybe i'll be wrong but i would i would bet against it because I mean, it's it costs a fair bit of money, and I think if it if there was a majority for it in the parliament, they would have done it last year or the year before when it was proposed. 
I mean, we have a different parliament now. Maybe that would help. Maybe, you know, but it, it's it's not that much different. No. We have the same majority and uh, and there were only minor changes in in um, party size in the parliament this last election. Mm. But one of the big gainers, or two of the big gainers, was uh, Framsóknarflokkurinn and Flokka Folksins, both of which have got children and family and, and, and lower earning That's true. So maybe, people. maybe, maybe I'll be wrong on this one. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the parliamentary procedure, because this is a little bit odd as well. Um, all of the members of some, all of the parliamentary members of Samfylkingin have put forward this pr- proposal. Mm-hmm. It's not a bill. No. And the proposal is to force the Minister of Health to submit a bill. Yeah. So if they're successful with this, nothing actually happens apart, <laughs> apart from asking the question again in a different way. Yeah, basically. pretty much. But, you know, as often happens, if they would propose it as a bill, uh, as has happened in the past with, with various other matters, uh, then the minister says that the, the, the ministry is working on a similar bill and the original bill like this one, if, if it was from something in wouldn't get passed because the ministry doesn't want to pass that one because it's working on an, its own version. And then maybe that version never even comes. Mm-hmm. So I, I think maybe this is partly a way to get around that and to to try to force the minister to put forward his own bill. If he didn't want to for political reasons, he could, I'm assuming... Um, Comply with the demands of the parliamentary proposal, but submit a bill that's awful, yeah. <laughs> one that no one would support. He could. He definitely could. I don't know if he would do that, but I, I, it's a possibility. I'm not. I'm not. I'm definitely not an expert on parliamentary procedure, so I'm not a hundred percent certain of how it how it works, but. Yeah, he he could do that. That would be that would be interesting mm. to see. Um, what about teeth more generally? Um, how much support do you feel in society for supporting adults with dentistry as well? Because it's extremely expensive. Yeah. Everyone that's gone recently to a dentist will probably tell you that they would like not to have to pay for it. I last week I went myself to to fix a small hole in my my teeth it, it i mean it was no major cost for me it was 45000 kroner which is which is it's not devastating but it's still enough so that i would i would really like to not have to pay that mm. i mean uh, other people with with bigger issues are paying hundreds of thousands and i think I think there might there might be a majority in in general society for for free dentist dentistry for adults as well. I don't I don't remember any any polling on it, but it's it's an odd one. I mean 
Why is this one small area of the human body not eligible for the same health yeah. insurance cover as all the rest of the body? It's 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 weird. It's uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's a really good question. Why just the teeth? <laughs> and of course, um, dentistry is free if it's a threat to your general health. Yeah. So if your teeth are so rotten that it could cause infection of the blood, for example, then it's free. Yeah. So the moral of the story is just wait until it... <laughs> I mean, that's a terrible moral. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't get regular help. Just wait until it gets unbearably bad. Yeah. That's a terrible, terrible message. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so in conclusion there, um, what sort of likelihood do you think... They've got a chance with this proposal to get a bill put forward? I, I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not optimistic that they will. Okay. Right. Time is rattling on. I think we've only got time for one more thing, which would be the oil leak or the housing, I guess. Uh, 70 years of, of... It's a really interesting leaks. story. Yeah. World War Two. So this was a, a British oil tanker mm -hmm. that was sheltering, or I don't think it was based in, say, this visit, but it was certainly there, and yeah. it was the victim of an air raid, sank, and has been leaking oil ever since. Um, although seasonally, because it gets worse in the summer when yeah. the water warms up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fascinating. They and they keep sending people down to fix it, yeah. and it never works. Haven't managed to fix it for 70 years, and now, yeah, spending 50 million to try and try and get a lasting solution to the problem and and the municipal government says they're very happy with with these steps that are now being taken I I don't fully understand how how fixing an oil leak works in a boat that's rusting yeah exactly mm -hmm. so it's it's definitely a very challenging task for them Uh but I mean, it's just such a such an interesting story. Seventy years of of seasonal oil leaks, and I think there are a lot of people who who haven't ever heard of this. No, the first I heard of it was when they they had a beer named after the boat. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I wonder what El Grillo is. Is this a Spanish beer? And it wasn't. It was about this this oil tanker in Sevilla. Yeah. Um, and it's not like people haven't been caring about it for 70 years. People have been caring about it a lot. They yeah. just didn't always know what to do, how to do it, didn't have the technology to do it to start with. Um, and yeah, I mean, there are people calling for the thing to be brought up and disposed of properly, but mm -hmm. that would be a massive operation yeah. with its own risks. Um, and yeah, it's a fascinating one. And people have been going down and patching it up with uh, like underwater cement, Divers yeah. have been doing this um, most summers uh, with varying degrees of success. And then you've got to ask yourself, how much oil is in the damn thing? Yeah. Because <laughs> it seems to just be going and going. 70 years of oil. Yeah. And it does have important, you know, impacts. Uh, birds have died mm -hmm. every year, in fact. Yeah. And their plans for their wishes for uh, aquaculture, uh, fish farms in the fjord are potentially affected as well because... No one wants to eat fish from an oily fjord. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a fascinating problem because it's it's 
it's so unusual. Um, I mean, how how much oil was in this thing that it's leaking leaking oil seventy years later? Of course, it's it's a remnant of the Second World War, which is. I mean, fascinating in itself, and well, I suppose it's also a heritage site, yeah. <laughs> as well as everything else. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, the problem now, seventy years later, is still bad enough that the government is willing to spend a lot of money to try and fix it permanently. Mm. And I've, I'm not sure the details of it, but there's some involvement of the British government as well, or well, there has been throughout. Yeah, because yeah. um, technically it's their fault. Yeah. I mean, it's probably mostly the fault of of uh, Nazis for for blowing up the boat to begin with. Mm. But but as the owner the, of the ship, yeah, as the owner of the ship, yeah, definitely. So I, I'm a, I am uh, looking forward to seeing how how it's going to turn out. These these new plans to fix the leak. Mm. Yeah, I am too, for, for, for both reasons, you know. Yeah. Stopping the leak is first and foremost uh, top priority. Uh, on that note, we are out of time. Uh, the Week in Iceland will be back with you next Monday, the 14th of March, on roof.is forward slash English, Roof English on Facebook, through the Roof app and your preferred podcast platform. That just leaves me to thank my guest today, Thorgnir Edna Alpatson, and also Lydia Gretasdottir for running the studio. Thank you. Thank you. We finished today's programme with the latest song from Verk. This is called Stadium. Bye for now. Too much.